Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast, where we take an honest look at the lies we believe as women and how the truth of the gospel can set us free. Hey everyone, welcome to our second episode of Real Talk with Real Women. This is Brooke and I'm here with my co-host Mary. Hi everyone. Hey Mary. Um, so one thing we did last time was we started out with a funny fact or interesting fact about us. Um, so we wanted to continue with that. And so Mary, what is a funny habit that you have? Where do I start? Um, okay, one thing that is a funny random habit that I do is I will find myself without even thinking about it mimicking sounds out in the world. (laughs) Um, For example, if I'm going to the grocery store and I'm walking through the parking lot and I hear someone else like beep their car locked, I will sometimes audibly be like, beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) Or I do it in my own car with my little Bluetooth speaker thing. I will do when it turns off. Wow. I... (laughs) First of all, you're good at it. So I think that's a good habit to continue um, <laughs> and blessing the world with it. I'm sure. <laughs> do you think people hear you when you do that? Maybe. I do it with animals sometimes too, like birds. Oh, wow. Like we have some hawks right outside our apartment right now. And oh, no. Where is this going? Yeah, I'll just be like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just little things like that. Yeah, just little, just little things, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, enough on that. What is your, what's your strange habit? You know, I have done this for as long as I've worn makeup, mm-hmm. um, but I've never really thought about how weird it is. But when I put mascara on, I literally get it all over my face, <laughs> like, like not just my eyelids. Like I get it on my nose. I get it on my cheeks. Your and nose, Brooke? Yeah. Um, because <laughs> you're reaching across. I am reaching across. I see. Yeah, and so another thing is I'm super, I'm super blind. So a lot of times I'm, if I'm wearing glasses, I have to put the mascara on without my glasses on. That's and so true. I have to get like two inches away from the mirror, and then I get it on the mirror too. Oh my god! Yeah, it is a hot mess. But you know, I've just come to accept it. I have to make sure I have makeup remover on hand, and I just like wipe it all off, and you would never know. Unless I miss a, a, a piece, which happens sometimes. That's talent, though. And honestly, we can all, all the ladies can relate to the faces that we make while oh. doing our mascara with our mouths wide open. And it just is, it's an interesting view. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, you know what? You don't really think about it when you're doing it. No. But that's a, there's definitely a, a mascara face. Ladies, if anyone out there looks normal or looks presentable while you're, actually putting on your mascara send us some tips because there's no way to look good doing that no but at least you look good after yep as long as you clean up the mess that's right (laughs) so another thing I wanted to check in with you because last time we talked about our sourdough starters Mm -hmm. so I gave you a starter since that and I just wanted to hear how is that going for you yes Brooke has given me the newborn sourdough starter Um, it's been almost a week exactly and We'll see. You know, I realized after rereading the directions about five days in that I've been missing a step each day. <laughs> each day. <laughs> Every oh, single man. day. Um, and so I'm going to attempt, nonetheless, to bake my first loaf um, tomorrow. So we'll see. I mean, part of me thinks, how could you mess up bread? The other part of me thinks, I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. 
but yeah. how's just, yours? You know, I baked my first loaf and I thought it was going to be a disaster, but it turned out so beautiful. It was beautiful. I was so proud of it and I felt so inadequate, but you know what? Can I, I ask you a question? Of course. Did you score it? I did. How? You take a knife and you just like kind of cut into it a little bit. That's professional level, Brooke. I mean, that was probably the easiest part. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I feel concerned for what you're struggling with. Well, I've never tried it. It just looks so professional. Yeah, I mean, it does. And you can do cool designs. So hmm. yeah, you have to try that out. Um, but anyways, so we wanted to give you guys updates because I know you all really cared and wanted to know. Yes. Um, if anyone does want a sourdough starter, let me know because that thing is living and active and sharper <laughs> than a double-edged sword. So <laughs> um, I, can, I can hit you up. Um, but yeah, we are so excited that you have tuned into our second episode of Real Talk with Real Women. Uh, the, the topic for today is lies we believe about our sin. And like we said last time, this is juicy, right? Yeah. So um, we all have sin. This is applicable to anyone. Uh, you don't have to be a woman to struggle with sin, yep. uh, even though I guess we were the first ones too. Yikes. You know what? It's just I'm spitting spit truth. <laughs> um, but we had a really good discussion about this at our Real Talk in, I guess it was the, just a couple weeks ago in June. Um, I was in the group that was um, talking about the lie that my sin isn't really that bad. Um, and so how, what we're going to talk about today is kind of splitting up um, these lies into two categories. So having a too small view of sin and having a too large view of sin. Um, and there's different lies that fit into those categories. So I'm going to start off with the too small view of sin because that is something that I think I struggle more with. Um, so one of the things that, or I'll just list out the lies here. So under that category, uh, this, the lies that are common are I can sin and get away with it. My sin isn't really that bad and it's not my fault. Mm. Yeah. And so I was in the, the small group that was, my sin isn't really that bad. And I had this revelation in that small group because I know I've struggled with that. Like, I don't know if anyone else feels this way in like sermons, you know, you think of like how this could apply to everyone else that you know who's struggling, but it's, I don't always like reflect on like what that means, you know, in my life and really f reflecting on my life. Um, so I know this has been a struggle for me and I am aware of it, but in in our conversation, I realized that growing up, I think an emphasis in my spiritual development was on behavioral sins and how those are the worst kinds of sins. So things like going out and partying, uh, getting drunk, doing drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the very standard uh, behavioral things you think. And so based on those things, I was doing pretty good. Like I didn't partake in those things. Um, I was very morally... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say pure, but like I was, I had high morals yeah. and I lived them out. And so I think that translated into me just kind of having this mentality of like, my sin isn't really that bad because I, I had this kind of balance of like, what's really bad sins and what are sins that you don't really talk about or aren't really like that serious. Um, so one of the verses we talked about in the group um, was from 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Uh, so I'm just going to read it. And uh, the question that we talked about was, uh, which sins stick out as most sinful in this mm -hmm. list? Um, so the verse says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, 
nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then I was like, you know what? I naturally default to thinking that some of those are worse sins than others. And so that was a big like revelation for me is like, I have, I have done this like my whole life. And um, yeah, I think recently, just like in my time at Grace City, I've learned how there are deep rooted sins that are like just as serious. I mean, just because you can't always see the way that they play out doesn't mean that they're like very serious and very, you know, a, a thing that really needs to be dealt with before the Lord. Um, so yeah, one of those things that I became aware of just like in the past year is my the the sin of bitterness mm. <laughs> um and I didn't even realize that that was there in my heart um but thankfully one of my men well my mentor <laughs> she she pointed out that this is something she was picking up in our conversations and you know in the book lies women believe um it actually talks about bitterness as one of these sins that um, falls under the lie that I can sin and get away with it, um, or my sin isn't that bad. So I thought it was so interesting in the book. It, it kind of outlined for bitterness. It destroys our capacity to think rationally. It makes us miserable and emotionally unstable. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it affects our bodies in, s- in such ways as chronic tiredness, loss of energy, headaches, muscle tension, and intestinal disorders, you know, I don't know if that that's the cause of my <laughs> intestinal disorders, but it could be. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Um, it keeps us from being able to experience God's forgiveness for our sins and makes us hard to live with and causes people not to want to be around us. Wow. Yeah, and, like, when you think of even just that one sin of bitterness, like, and you think of the consequences of it, it, it all of a sudden goes from, like, a small sin to uh, a big sin and something that I do need to handle rightly before God and deal with and ask him to start sanctifying in my life. So um, that was that was a big revelation for me in the group of like why I tend to minimize sin. And then that was just an example of like a sin I tend to minimize that is actually a big deal. Yeah, I think that that's so true. Like looking at that list from First Corinthians, definitely some of them like adulterers stands out way more than greedy or idolaters. Um which is just interesting how we do that. We categorize different sins as being worse than others. Um, And so I think that that kind of makes me think about the story in scripture of the rich young ruler, which is found in a few different places, but one of those is Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. And it's basically, you know, Jesus encounters this man who kind of says, I've done all these things right. Um, I've checked off all the boxes of being you know, a morally good person. (laughs) And so kind of what else can I do? And Jesus tells him to go home and sell all of his possessions, but he was really wealthy. And so he walked away from that encounter really sorrowful. Um, And I think that that's so telling of just kind of the sneaky nature of even something as big as idolatry. We don't think about the things we idolize in our lives, um, such as, you know, money, possessions, but so many other things too. And so instead of, you know, worshiping God for correcting his heart in that moment, this man was really sad and sorrowful and that just kind of exposed where he was at. Um, So that's kind of what that makes me think of that we don't realize these things that we are hanging on to that are so sinful. Um, And I think that 
that whole idea of behavioral sins versus kind of the more hidden sins is so common um, for people, especially I think who grew up in the church, um, because you do a lot of times learn a lot about morality. And I think those sins that you mentioned, like getting drunk and going and having sex, like these are kind of things to me that stick out from my time in like youth groups, you know, you're told as a high schooler, like these are the big no-nos that you do. And so one, you're like, okay, I can never do that. And then I'm going to like judge everyone who I know who does that, you know, (laughs) because they're visible sins. Um, But the danger is that, you know, you become blind to these more hidden sins that are just as toxic and and damaging. Um, And that really affects our view of the gospel, because if we don't see our sin and if we're not broken over our sin, then we can't really accept the gospel as good news. And we can't really love Jesus in the way that we're called to love Jesus, because we have to have right view of our sin in order to have right view of what he did for us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it's toxic, like what you said. I lo- I like. I think that's a really good way to describe it. Um, you don't even realize it's there, like toxins. You know, like the, yeah. you don't even realize it's there, but they're like slowly killing you. Um, and yeah, I think if you've gone through the gospel-centered life curriculum, we did this with city groups um, just a few months ago. But uh, there's a really good uh, graph or uh, a diagram there that that shows how um, when we have a correct view of our sin, uh, it, it will. Uh, show us like how deeply sinful we are um, and in contrast to how holy God is. And then the cross gets bigger as those two awarenesses increase. And the cross is the gap and that's the gospel right there. Um, And so, yeah, I think this quote from uh, Lies Women Believe, um, yeah, Lies Women Believe, it says, uh, the way to see the truth about sin is to see it in the light of who God is. When we gaze upon the brilliance of his untarnished holiness, we become acutely aware of the hideousness of our sin. Mm. And um, I think just in terms of like, if we're not seeing the hideousness of our sin, um, it's really easy to minimize. And maybe you're not sure if you're minimizing your sin in your life. Um, But here are six ways that that can manifest. And this is taken from the gospel-centered life as well. Um, but do you find that you def- you are very defensive? Or if someone brings something up, do you um, just immediately put your guards up and be like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> or mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Um, I know this is something that my discipler in college called me out on. <laughs> um, and I was like, I think that was like the first time someone ever called me out on something. And I was like so offended. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got defensive and then about I got defensive. being defensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that shows I'm really messed up. Um, And then the second one is faking. So pretending you have it all together when really you don't. Um, Hiding. So a lot this I think of shame like, you know, you're you're dealing with sin, but you you hide it. um, So you don't actually have to like bring it to light. Um, Exaggerating. Um, Actually, (laughs) I'm trying to blank. What is this? Do you remember what this one means? (laughs) Um, Exaggerating. No? Okay. Nope. Well, look it up. Uh, <laughs> um, that wasn't something I struggled with, I don't think. Um, but blaming was something I struggle with. If um, someone brings something up, I always look and point the finger at someone else first before pointing the finger at myself or downplaying, just thinking like your sin isn't really that bad. Um, so I encourage you, go ahead and look at the Gospel Center Life. You can find like the content online. Um and look at into these things and really s- evaluate your own heart 
um, and to, to ask yourself, where am I minimizing sin and what does that look like in my life? Um, so Mary, one of the things that we have talked about, like even prior to this podcast, uh, just in like our friendship is how hard it is to call out sin and in our friends' lives who we know are believers. Um, so what do you think we can do to have like a better perspective of calling out sin and also of being called out? Like for example, you know, like I did not have a good perspective of being called out when my discipler (laughs) called out me being defensive. Um, so like, yeah, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, calling people out and being called out are are so difficult. And I think that when you're thinking about how to call out a friend in love, especially, you know, someone else who is a Christian, um, you have to think about really what your motive is for doing that. Um, So if you're thinking about someone who you really care about, you obviously don't want them to continue down this path that you know, like we said, um, is toxic or just something that you're noticing. And so before anything, I feel like it's important to stop and pray and ask God, like, what is it that he's wanting to, I guess, bring to light and then kind of reflect on your love for that person so that it's not coming from a place of being like, aha, gotcha, you know, Ooh, yeah. or or just calling out for the sake of calling out or calling out without recognizing your own sin, too. Like, there's so many wrong ways to do this. Um and it, but it's so hard, and I think that it's hard to do, especially with people who you don't have a relationship with. Th- if there's no trust there, um, like I know currently it's so easy to call people out on social media or it's so easy to call people out who you don't know. Um, but I think that that's always really – I feel like that's always a bad idea <laughs> because they don't know that you're coming at it from a place of love. Um, and so to me that's the most important thing about if you're going to be – bringing something to someone's attention, um, doing it from a standpoint of loving them and wanting them to essentially have restoration with God first and foremost. Um, And then with being called out yourself, this is where I feel like, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about confession and how important that is. But I think that we have to, as Christians, be humble enough to recognize that we're going to be exposed from time to time, you know, different sins in our hearts are going to come out. And, and we're actually really lucky to have people in our lives who will call us on that because sometimes we don't see our own stuff and we don't see our own sin. Um, And so being quick to listen to that and quick to confess as well, instead of like having those defenses go up. Yeah, that's so good because I think about even just my example with bitterness and how I didn't even realize that's what was going on. But when my mentor called it out, like it was hard and it was like it it's never fun to hear someone say, hey, I see this sin in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but when that happens, like I now feel f- like freedom from it. Yeah. Um, because I've identified it. I've confessed it. Like I am now aware. I think a big thing is just awareness. You know, like yes. when. Um, you aren't aware of a sin, it can have so much more bondage over you. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think, you know, I just think of that verse um, from James five sixteen. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a, a righteous person has great power as it is working. Yeah, that's so good. And I wanted to share a little part from a devotional that I do sometimes. Um, it's called New Morning Mercies. And um, this was actually just from this past week. There was this whole, the daily devotional was all about self-righteousness and how 
I mean, basically everything that we're talking about. And, you know, one of the paragraphs says, here's how confession works. You cannot confess what you haven't grieved. You can't grieve what you do not see. And you cannot repent of what you have not confessed. So one of the most important operations of God's grace is to give us eyes to see our sin and hearts that are willing to confess it. If your eyes are open and you see yourself with accuracy, and if your heart is humbly willing to admit to what your eyes see, you know that glorious, rescuing, forgiving, and transforming grace has visited you. Why? Because what you're doing is simply not natural for sinners. In the face of their sin, Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and both of them hid, but neither stepped forward and made willing and heartfelt confession. Um, and I just love that, that like, when we see ourselves in reality, when we see ourselves as sinners, like that's actually God's grace. That's actually God's kindness to open our eyes to that. Um, it says, scripture says his kindness leads us to repentance. And so also realizing that too, that even though it will likely feel uncomfortable to either be called out on your sin or to recognize it on your own, it's God's kindness. It's actually his grace that's working in your life. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the gospel is like, yes, the gospel gives us eternity and, you know, we have all that to look forward, but it also is redemptive right here and right now. And he doesn't like our state of sin is a state of being like desperately sick yeah <laughs> and it, god's in the this business of healing um and I, i've really experienced i don't know what your experience has been mary but um confession really brings healing and it brings freedom and it brings sanctification and i think that that perspective of like we are works in progress and god is molding us into uh greater greater degrees of holiness here and now um that helps with this difficulty of calling out sin of having these conversations um with friends and other believers you know just about this um because yeah i i think this this quote from the book really really helps kind of encapsulate what i'm trying to <laughs> communicate here but it says we cannot be truly free until we humbly acknowledge our own responsibility for any ways we may have sinned against god or others the enemy tells us that if we accept full responsibility for our choices we'll be plagued with unnecessary guilt but the truth is that only by accepting full responsibility for our own actions and attitudes can we ever be fully free from guilt. Yeah. And I know, like, you know, free, <laughs> it, it is so true. Like, when you expose, like, when you bring something to light um, that no longer has power over you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think a lot of times there's so much shame around maybe some hidden, like, hidden sin. Um, so I know, like, for a lot of, friends of mine um I myself personally struggled in college um and even sometimes now uh when I'm feeling stressed to turn to like eating and and overeating um and that can feel very um shameful yeah. and um you can feel like you can't get out of it um but when I when you bring that to light there's opportunity for people to come around you and to hold you accountable and to help you start to walk in freedom, um, and it, it starts to lose that power over you. Yeah, that's so true. I think another example of that would be, like, numbing or distracting things that we do. So, like, binging Netflix or, you know, just, be I mean, scrolling on social media, like, all these things can be really effective distractors in the moment if we're, like, not trying to see <laughs> our sin, not trying to see our own, like, shortcomings and brokenness. Um, but I think that you're right. It's, like, those things just kind of lead you 
sort of further down the rabbit hole, <laughs> um, farther away from, yeah, just experiencing freedom and like that lightness. I'm just kind of imagining like it's just a burden off when you can face the reality of your sin, knowing that like Jesus has paid for that. You know, that's not that's not all on you. That's not your burden. Right. Yeah. I mean, anything you feel like is weighing you down has already been lifted off of you in Jesus. And I think it's easy to forget that. Amen. (laughs) Um, So I feel like a question we want to pose to you guys is, do you invite correction and accountability in your life? And do you have a high priority on sanctification? Or are you content with the unresolved sin in your life? Um, And the the purpose behind that is knowing that there's greater things God has for us. um, And correction and accountability and sanctification is all part of experiencing those greater things. Um, so we challenge you, like like I've talked about my mentor or accountability partner, um, if you don't have someone like that in your life who, um, like what Mary was saying, will call things out in love um, and point you to truth and have those conversations seasoned with grace, um, we encourage you to think of who that person could be. Um, if that's something you're interested in, um, email women at gracecitysd.com. We have some women who are like willing and would love to, to be that person in your life. Um, so yeah, especially if you tend to minimize your sin, I think this is so important. Um, I mean, it's important for anyone, but I can attest, like this has been so, um, sanctifying in my life to have a mentor who, who looks at the little sins <laughs> that I tend to gloss over. And um, it is it has made me look more like Jesus because I have a mentor. Yeah, that's so good. Community is so important. Um, okay, so the next category, so Brooke, I mean, we just finished talking about how we can often have too small a view of sin. Um, but on the flip side of that, we can also have too big a view of sin as well. And so, you know, two examples of those types of lies are God can't forgive what I've done and I can't live in victory over sin. And these are, you know, equally as important as the ones where we're minimizing because we can also make sin too powerful in our lives as well. And so in last week's, or sorry, last month's Real Talk, um, I was in the group I Can't Live in Victory Over Sin where we kind of talked about how when you first really become a believer and you know, the Holy Spirit starts to bring things up. He starts to convict you of things that you never really thought of before. And this happens all throughout your Christian walk, as we were just talking about. We're constantly going to gain awareness, hopefully, of our sinful natures. Um, But that can also turn into this, like, exhausting cycle of, like, I'm going to do better, and then you fail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to try again, and then you fail. And this could be over the same sin over and over and over and over. And you're thinking, like, I have the Holy Spirit. I trust in Jesus. Why is this not getting better? And it can start to just feel really defeating. Um, And one of the things that our group talked about was the difference between guilt, shame, and conviction. And so um, I've heard this quote before. I don't actually know who's the original author of this quote. But guilt says I've done something wrong. And shame says I am something wrong. And so, you know, shame kind of keeps you in this place where you're like, wallowing because you're thinking you kind of take on your sin and don't realize that you are separate from your sin. Mm. Um, And then to go a step further, guilt is different from conviction in that guilt also keeps you really stagnant, whereas conviction spurs you on to change and really believe that we are not our sin and that we can trust in Jesus to overcome that sin. 
So that was a really great conversation that my group had um, about this idea of not being able to live in victory over sin. Um, and really, I mean, most of what we talked about is just kind of the hopelessness of that, of believing that lie. If you're thinking, I can never have victory over sin, yeah, it's hopeless. Like, that's a dark place to be. And it also just forgets that it's not us who defeats our own sin. It's Jesus. Like, we were never in the place to try hard enough to sin less. Mm, you know, that yeah. was never the point. And so um, we can have hope in knowing that that's Jesus's job and he's accomplished it. Like, it is finished. Amen. Yeah. Um, and so one of the fighter verses for this lie was Romans 6, 6 through 11. And it says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in, in Christ Jesus. Um, so that just is so powerful. There's so much in scripture that talks about the victory we have over sin and how we are not enslaved. Like, I think it's so poignant that scripture even describes it like that. Like, you're not enslaved to sin anymore mm -hmm. because that's like what it feels like when you're just in bondage, you feel like a slave to that sin. And there's so much in scripture. So we would really encourage you guys to just open the word. Like we have to know these scriptures in order to fight these lies. Um, and there's so much in there about how this lie that we can never have victory or that God could never forgive us is time and time again <laughs> proven to be not true because of, of the work of Jesus. Right. And I, I feel like it's so easy when you are feeling like you can't have victory over sin to start to pull away from community um, and to start to kind of isolate yourself. I I mean, I've seen this um, in friends of mine where it's I mean, probably even myself, too, is like when you feel like you are just struggling, there's this shame that is attached to it. And I just encourage you, if you're in that spot right now, maybe where you've started to believe the lie that you can't have victory and shame has just like covered you and you've started to pull away, uh, we encourage you like this is the time to press into community yeah. and to, to really just like bring this to the table because right here, this is the gospel. <laughs> um, if you if you are feeling like, yeah, you have to find victory by yourself um, and your own power and only you and maybe it's even just like only you and Jesus, that is also a lie. Like we need the church. The yeah. church is there to help each other um, to in this whole process. We weren't meant to do it alone. And so I just encourage you, if you find yourself in that place right now, um, tell a friend, you know, reach out to a friend, say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Could you pray for me? Could you could you check in on me? Like um, well, an accountability partner, um, someone who, who you trust, who you can be transparent with, who you know will love you and not judge you and will walk alongside you with these things. That's so good. That's so good. And I think, you know, if you've never also confessed your sin like directly to God I know that can seem so basic but that's really hard to do and I don't think that it would be that crazy to think like I've never actually done that um we would encourage you to do that too like in your prayer life confess that to God he already knows first of all yes <laughs> he already knows <laughs> no hiding it yeah and he's I mean he's just he's going to meet you with grace 
Um, and so, yeah, practice confession to God, practice confession to community as well. And we think that that will be really freeing and probably uncomfortable, but they go hand in hand. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so we just want to encourage you that um, we we serve a God who is relational, and I think in this con- this whole conversation, it can be really tempting to slip into religiosity and to think like I've you know I've got to deal with all this sin or. I, um, you know, I've got to perform or I've got to pretend I've got it all together. Um, but we just encourage you to kind of lean into this brokenness that we we all find ourselves in. Yeah. And I was just reading through Mark this past week, and it was Jesus talking about how he didn't come to heal, like he didn't come to for the righteous, he came to heal the sick. And um, I think we have to kind of take on this mindset of ourselves that we are all sick and we are all in need of a healer. Um because that's going to help us, you know, engage with our sin in the right way where it's like we can't heal ourselves. Um, we are in need of healing and only one person can heal a, heal us completely. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of just the, I guess, a temptation to kind of slip into this um, self-righteousness. Like I got to fix myself, mm-hmm. but like we, we, we can't. So Yeah, that's so good. I loved um, one of the things that this chapter um, ends with a Puritan prayer, actually, and it says, Grant me never to lose sight of the exceeding sinfulness of sin, the exceeding righteousness of salvation, the exceeding glory of Christ, the exceeding beauty of holiness, and the exceeding wonder of grace. I just thought that was so beautiful because it really ties in, yeah, that twofold thing that is the gospel. That's like, we really can't imagine the depths of harm that our sin caused and we also at the same time can't imagine how how incredibly loved we are in spite of that um, enough to where Jesus like took that on and and died to sin once and for all so that's just really I mean that's the gospel yes <laughs> right <it there>. is. <laughs> and I think it's important to keep remembering that um, I think it can be easy as believers to think we we're gospel graduated. Yeah. <laughs> where we don't have to, you know, constantly be remind, be reminding ourselves of like, I'm a sinner in need of the cross and the resurrection. Um, but one way that we can kind of keep this on the forefront of our minds um, is this. Ac- I want to share an activity with you, a challenge with you guys. Um, we shared an activity with you last month. I hope some of you did it. <laughs> um, but this one, I have done this with. I, so I worked in campus ministry for a few years and we did this a lot of times with students and like I can't tell you how um, how impactful this activity was for them. So basically what it is is you write down all the sins that come to mind that maybe you've never brought to God or you've never said out loud um, and you write it all down on a sheet of paper, everything that comes to mind. And then um, when you take a look at that, you write this verse, John, 1 John 1, 9. Uh, It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. So you 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 write that whole verse all over your sins. And then what you do, you rip up the paper and you can burn it. You can flush it. You could throw it away. You could throw it in the. Well, no, I won't won't promote (laughs) littering. (laughs) But, you know, it's a cathartic experience to to really um tangibly see like my sin is destroyed in the name of Jesus Um, and I am forgiven and I am cleansed from all of that Um, so it's it's a really good activity to to kind of like 
feel that release and realize like this is true (laughs) this is this is I'm giving this all to Jesus so we encourage you to try that out yeah that verse says you know he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness not like and cleanse us from the really bad ones (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) or the ones everyone else can see like everything that's so assuring to me right Yeah, so uh, we hope that this conversation has been encouraging to you. If there's something that you would want us to discuss more or you have a question about, feel free to email us, women at gracecitysc.com. We can can discuss it on the next podcast. We can respond to your email. And we just want to engage in dialogue with you. um, You know, we all wrestle with this. Like, sin is a human condition. And so uh, we want you to know that we're here for you. You're not alone. Um, Maybe you've been hiding in shame for years and you're like, you know what, I just got to, I got to get something off my chest. Like, we want to be there for you. So go ahead, email us, women at gracecitysc.com. And then next month, we are going to be putting out our next podcast. And the topic for that is lies about priorities. Ooh. Yeah. So we're excited for that. Um, so tune in next month. And you know, also, if you're a lady, jump on, jump into the next Real Talk gathering uh, where you can actually engage in conversation with small groups. And it's it's such a rich time. So we're excited about that. Yes, we would love for you to come. It's a great time and you'll get a sneak preview of what the next podcast will be about, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Real Women podcast. We'll see you next month.